Bibles, you can open them to Second uh, Thessalonians three thirteen. Let's go to Second Thessalonians three thirteen. Second Thessalonians three thirteen. Second Thessalonians three thirteen. And uh, you can go ahead and turn that fan off if you would, please, somebody. Uh, first, our Second Thessalonians three thirteen. Second Thessalonians. 313. Do you have that? How many has that? Do you have it? Okay, if you have it, say amen. amen. All right, there you go. All right, notice Paul says, But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. If you have a pen or something, you might underline that. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in doing good. Now let's go to Galatians, the 6th chapter, and the ninth verse. Galatians, the 6th chapter, and the ninth verse. Notice Paul says this to the churches in the region of Galatia. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Isn't that interesting? He says the same thing. Not only to the church in Thessalonica, but you see Galatia, Galatia was a region and there wasn't just one church there. There were several there. And he said this to all the churches in the region of Galatia to not grow weary while doing good. So he said the same thing to multiple different churches. Do not grow weary while doing good. Now notice here in Galatians he said for in due season." In due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we do not lose heart. You know, uh, the King James Version says faint. If we do not faint, and that has to do with giving up and quitting. Is there anybody that's ever wanted to give up and quit in here besides me? Is there anybody in here you ever wanted to give up and quit more, more than once? More than three, four, five times? Okay, so we've all been there and, you know, Paul wrote this to the church for a reason. Because the church needed to hear it. And, and we need to hear it just as much today as we did, or as they did back when he wrote this originally at the direction of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word weary means to be utterly spiritless or exhausted. Has anybody ever been exhausted besides me? Just... You're just exhausted and you just, you just how, how can you take anything else? How, you know what I mean? How can you take anything else? You're just exhausted. You've had it. You're worn out. You're tired. You know, we've all been there. If you've never been there, you, you, you just probably haven't experienced too much about life because this world and the affairs of this world will wear us out, you know, and wear you down and, and, uh, uh, you know, I tell you, serving God is not all glorious. There's, there's a lot of glorious times, but it's not all glorious, you know. And uh, it, it can wear you out. Do you ever notice we're going, just by living for God, we're going against the flow of the world. Did you know that? We're going just against, it, it's kind of like going up, up a, you know, have you ever seen an escalator? Have you ever tried to walk up an escalator that was going down? You know, that's kind of like it. That's how it is living for God in this world. The world is, is uh, you know, is, we're going opposite of the way the world is going. 
And it's real easy to get beaten down and, and to grow weary and, and have the attitude, well, what's the use in doing good? Seems like the, the like uh, somebody said, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get, you know. And you ever hear that, that statement? And, uh, you know, you, you, you help people and you reach out to people and you try to do good to people and you try to w- live right and walk right and walk in love and do what's right. And it's just, you know, it, and then, you know, it can wear, wear you out. This happens, that happens, the other thing happens. And, uh, you know, you can get to the point where you just, well, what's the use? Let's just throw in the towel, give up and quit. But what does the Word of God say? Do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we'll reap if we don't lose heart. So we have the Word of God telling us, let's don't lose heart. And again, Paul said this to the churches, not just in Thessalonica or Galatia, but he said this again and again and again to the church. Don't lose heart. Don't don't faint. Don't give up and quit. Don't give up and quit. Don't grow weary in doing good. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. And you know, Paul... It's interesting as you study his life, he preached what he practiced. He preached what he practiced. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I learned this as a young boy. A good minister told me this. He said, don't ever practice what you preach. He said, that's hard to do. He said, preach what you practice. You ever think about that? That way for sure you won't be a hypocrite. Think about that. And so Paul preached what he practiced. You know, he had, he had a lot of reason, the Apostle Paul, to grow weary in doing good and faint and give up and quit, but he never did. He never gave up and quit. And you know, as we look at his life, it, I, I know as I look at his life in those times when, you know, you feel wearied and how can we go on, you know, another day, it's just, you know, so hard or this or that. I look at his life and I, grow, I, I, I glean great strength and encouragement from looking at a man who went through a whole lot more than I've ever went through. And I tell you what, he didn't grow weary in doing good. And he kept right on going. And he didn't faint. And you know what? He reaped. You, you, you realize that. And so tonight, let's just look at some of the things in his life. And, and let's, let's look at what he went through. And, and, and let's just glean some encouragement from what he went through and how he didn't give up and quit. Look at Acts 9.26. Acts 9.26, if you would. Acts 9.26. Now this was after Paul had gotten saved. You know, his name went from Saul to Paul. What a difference a letter makes, you know. And uh, he went from a persecutor of the church to a to a, a wonderful great apostle who God used to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. But right from the start in Acts 9.26, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Now, you know, that's, that's got to be tough right there. He wanted to join the church and they wouldn't let him. Did you ever think about that? He wanted to get, he wanted to get in amongst the Christians and... And they wouldn't let him. Now, they had good reason, you know, because he had been persecuting them. But nonetheless, you know, a man ought to have the ability or the chance to repent. And he did. But they're not receiving him. They're not going to let him into the church. That'll beat you down. You realize that? And... uh, But Barnabas, verse 27, now you need to realize Barnabas was an encourager. Thank God for all the encouragers out there. 
You know, really, we all ought to be encouragers, shouldn't we? And when people are down and out, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't get in there and make things worse. We ought to get in there and encourage them and, and lift them up and look for the good, you see. And uh, so Saul or Paul had an encourager. Barnabas encouraged him. His name, Barnabas, means encouragement. Took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. You know, Saul had seen the Lord. And that he had spoken to him. And how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Verse 28. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. So you see, there's an example. Paul uh, preaching what he practiced. He had, uh, you know, an opportunity there to just give up and quit. You know, I want to I do what's right now. I want to walk with God. I want to join the church and, 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 and do what's good. They won't let me in. They're, they're, they're resisting me. They won't let me in. Well, let's just give up and quit. But, you know, he didn't give up and quit. He didn't grow weary in that situation. And he just kept coming in and going out, coming in and going out, getting up, going to bed, getting up, going to bed. <laughs> we just need to keep doing that, don't we? Just be glad that when you wake up in the morning, you're still alive. Amen? Is that wonderful? You don't want to wake up dead. Is that right? You can have a little fun in church, can't you? <laughs> so you get up in the morning. Like one old boy said, first thing I do is I go get the paper and I check the obituary column. And then when I see I'm not in it, I rejoice and go on with the day. <laughs> do you ever notice folks keep dying in alphabetical order? <laughs> okay, let's get on with this. <laughs> now, notice in Acts the 13th chapter, in Acts the 13th chapter, verse 49, Acts 13:49, notice this, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the regions. So Paul joined the church. Barnabas encouraged him. They let him in. And he, in the process of time, goes on to do, you know, spread the word of God, do wonderful things and help people. But notice in verse 50, because verse 49 said, The word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their region. Now think about that. They kicked them out of the region. They were doing a good work. They were doing. They were spreading the word of the Lord throughout all the region, and people were getting saved and helped and just and healed and good things were going on. But notice, you know, there's some folks don't like it when good things go on. Did you ever notice that? They really don't like it when good things are going on. Some folks like to hear bad news better than hearing good news. I've always liked to hear good news. How about you? You know, have you ever noticed this is the gospel, the what? The good news. And so, uh, right here, Paul had good reason to be wearied and say, you know, I've been doing the work of God. I obeyed God. I did what he told me to do. I've been spreading the word. I've people been getting saved and healed and so on, you know. And now they've expelled me from their region. They've kicked me out. But notice, what did he say? He said, don't grow weary in doing good. And notice verse 51. They shook off the dust from their feet against them and they came to Iconium. 
They continued, didn't they? They didn't grow weary. Paul didn't, and Barnabas, they didn't grow weary in in well-doing, but they continued on doing what God wanted them to do. They shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. See, the folks that the folks that kicked him out, what did Paul do? He just he didn't I mean I'm sure it wearied him, but he didn't let that weariness get the best of him. He continued doing good. He shook off the dust, continued doing good and went on and continued to preach the word and they came to Iconium and notice verse 52 and the disciples were filled with what? Were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That's something you need to do. I tell you, when you get weary, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Amen? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice, rejoice you see. Let's stay filled with the Word of God. Keep the joy level in our life high. And I tell you what, when we feel like giving up and quitting, that joy of the Lord will be our strength and carry us through. And that's what you can see. That's what Paul did. And then we move on to the next chapter, Acts the 14th chapter and the 19th verse. Acts the 14th chapter and the 19th verse. We're just looking at how Paul ran into situations that would weary him. But he decided not to let the situation get the best of him, but just continue doing good. Look at Acts the 14th chapter and the 19th verse. Notice... Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, where Paul was, and having persuaded the multitudes, notice the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now think about growing weary. Now I've never been stoned, how about you? You know, and I don't, this does not talk about being drunk here. I haven't ever been stoned that way either, praise God. But this is, I mean, they, they, they threw rocks at him and stones. And, and can you imagine how he must have looked? And they didn't just throw one or two at him. I mean, to the point where they drug him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now, that'll weary a fella. And you need to realize something else about this multitude here that notice it says the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes, notice persuaded the multitudes, they, the multitudes along with these Jews that persuaded them, stoned Paul and drug him out of town supposing him to be dead. You need to realize what was going on here. This multitude that stoned Paul, if you read, if you go back up and read, you'll see that Paul was preaching the word and there was a fellow there who was lame and couldn't walk and Paul seeing that he had faith to be healed told him with a loud voice stand up straight on your feet and you know and the guy leaped and walked and the multitudes that saw it got so thrilled and excited they they actually thought that because you see they were they were into the the Greek gods of mythology you know Zeus and these different ones and, and, and that's all wrong and, and of the devil. You understand that. But nonetheless, these people thought that Barnabas was Zeus and that Paul was Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And so the, the multitudes thought that Paul and Barnabas were just gods. 
And Paul and Barnabas, the Bible says, uh, they told the multitude, no, it's not us, we're just men. Give glory to God, give glory to Jesus. But yet the multitudes, they were just so thrilled and excited and they thought that Paul and they thought that Barnabas, they thought, you know, that Paul and Barnabas were, uh, were just so wonderful. But just that quick, these Jews come in just that quick, these Jews come in and persuade the multitudes to stone Paul. Did you ever notice people can be fickle? Do you remember when Paul was shipwrecked? And remember he came up on the isle, I think it was the Isle of Malta. Remember that? And, and he was gathering sticks and he threw the sticks on the fire and that serpent came out and bit him on the hand. How many remembers that? And the, and the, the crowd there said, well, he, he of, of a truth is a murderer. He escaped the sea, but he couldn't escape the serpent, you know. And he's a, he's a, he's a murder, murderer, he's a criminal. Remember what Paul did? He shook it off in the fire and then the, the people watched him thinking he was going to swell up and die from the venom of the serpent. But he shook it off in the fire, and he was just fine. Paul was just fine, and the Bible says they changed their mind and said he's a god. Do you ever notice people change their mind about you just as fast as the wind will change direction? Is that right? How many remember, you know, Jesus, when he first came, came on the scene there, they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then a little later, that same crowd says, by what authority do you do these things? And then just a little later on, that same crowd, crucify him, crucify him. Is that right? Yes. Oh, let's keep our eyes on Jesus and not on people. Can you say amen? amen? But you see, they stoned Paul, drug him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Well, if there's ever time to be weary, that'd be it right there. If there's ever time to give up and quit, that'd be it right there. But verse 20 said, when the disciples gathered around him. Thank God that there were some disciples there to gather around him. See, we ought to be strengthening one another. And when somebody gets knocked down, we shouldn't uh, finish them off by kicking them out. We ought to surround about them and love on them and pray for them and be there for them, you see. And that's what these guys did. And notice Paul rose up and went into the city. See, he didn't grow weary in doing good. He rose up, went into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. He went right on doing the plan of God. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, notice that. What if Paul would have grown weary and said, I've had enough of this. I mean, I, you know, I've been beat up one time too many. This, that's it. No, he didn't do that. He, he preached what he practiced, or he practiced what he preached, however you want to say that. But do you see what he did? He, he lived this, this thing that he told us about not growing weary. He didn't just tell us to do it, and he didn't do it himself. He did it himself. He, he practiced. How did, how, well, how, how did we say that? Pra no, he preached what he practiced. He preached what he practiced. That's the way to say that. And notice... He went on, preached the gospel to that city, made many disciples, returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. See, he continued doing good, didn't he? And then he exhorted them to continue in the faith and saying, listen to this, 
we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Praise God. So do you see that Paul here preached what he practiced. There was ever a time to be weary, that was it. But he didn't grow weary in doing good, he kept right on. Notice if you would 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. 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 And Paul says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Thorn in the flesh. The way we'd say it today, a pain in the neck. (laughs) And then he tells you what it is, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Lest I be exalted above measure. Think about that. That'll weary a guy. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, therein, in verse 9, is, the, is, is what we really need to cling to. When we feel weary and when the world has beat us down and the devil has attacked us and, and, and he's used people to come against us. Remember, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. Remember, in high places and so on, spiritual wickedness, high places. But it's the grace of God that's sufficient. And that's what we need to keep our eyes on, not the circumstance, not the situation that's wearying us, not the messenger of Satan. Somebody asked me one time what I thought that messenger of Satan was. You know, it could well have been these people that were coming against Paul in persecution. That could have been it. You know, there's different views of that. But nonetheless, in verse 9, the answer to that thorn in the flesh is given. It's the grace of God. You know, uh, there's uh, saving grace. There's serving grace. And then there's standing grace. And you know what? Paul experienced... Because he was serving God, he got to experience the standing grace, the power of God that came on him that was sufficient for him to endure that thorn in the flesh and go on and do the will of God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to the grace of God. No matter how weary we might get, let's hold on to the grace of God. Let's hold on to the joy of the Lord. And we'll be able to make it through. Amen? Notice, if you would, in 2 Corinthians 11, 2 Corinthians 11, 2 Corinthians 11, 23, 2 Corinthians 11, 23, we'll pick up like about midway through that verse. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 says in labors, now this is known as the perils of Paul. We're just looking at his life and we're gleaning encouragement from him, seeing that he didn't grow weary in well-doing. Watch this. He's talking about himself here and he says, He was in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. That means they whipped him. In prisons more frequently. 
in deaths often. Well, we just read about one of them there where they stoned him. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. He got beat up a lot. Three times I was beaten with rods. If the whip's not enough, now he's beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, we read about that. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, you know, in the, in, in the ocean. Adrift, if you study that out. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Think about that. That'll weary, Just one of those would weary a guy out. Right? Think about that. Besides these things, these other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches... And then verse 29, notice he didn't say, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I just don't know how I'm going to go another day. I just don't know how I'm going to get up in the morning. Notice what he says, who is weak? I am not weak. Now that's his faith talking there. Faith calls things that be not as though they are. Is that right? And he didn't allow these situations, any one of which would put a lot of people out and caused a lot of people to stop serving God and cause a lot of people to give up and quit and faint and lose heart. But I tell you what, he endured a whole lot. He says, who is weak? I'm not weak. I'm not going to become weary in doing good. Amen. And he continued on. And we notice in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the ninth verse, 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the ninth verse, Paul is nearing the end of his life. And you need to realize Paul grew to a ripe old age. He grew to a ripe old age. He writes in Philemon and calls himself the aged or an old, old man. He grew to, to a ripe old age. If you study his life, he didn't go out. He didn't go out on the devil's terms. He went out on his terms. Do you understand that? If you study the life of Paul, he went out on his terms. Yeah, I realize they beheaded him and all that, but they didn't do it until he was ready to go. You realize that? And he said, at one point, I'm going to straight betwixt two, having a desire to part and be with Christ, which is far better, but it's more needful for you that I remain in the flesh. Remember that? Anyway, look at this. He writes to Timothy, this young pastor... In 2 Timothy 4.9, he said, Be diligent to come to me quickly. And then he says, Demas has forsaken me. Now that was a fella, a co-worker of his. He said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. And then Crescians for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. You know, as I study his life, Paul went through a whole lot of stuff. A lot of things to weary him. But you know, he had, he had a lot of people, co-workers and things, that walked away from him. 
abandon him? You know, if, if being stoned and being beaten and, and, and being shipwrecked and all of that, he had a lot of people, a lot of co-workers that worked with him and labored him, with him in the gospel that walked away, away from him. But you know, he didn't let that weary him. He kept right on a-going. He kept right on a-going. He kept right on a-going, doing good. And he says, bring the cloak and all of that, books, the parchments. Then he says, and you know what you do, when, you know, and, and I believe what Paul did, you know, there was a lot of people that did walk away from him, but there was a whole lot of people that didn't. So when people walk away from you, don't center in on them. Look at all the people you got left that are for you and with you. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. But then he says in verse 14, he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. Now it's interesting, Paul's response you know, like I said, it, it, he went through a lot of labors and stripes and prisons and shipwrecked and all of that. And on top of that, he had people that didn't stick with him. That'll all weary a person, you know. But he kept on going. And it's interesting here, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. He says, may the Lord repay him according to his works. And then he warned the people about him. And then he talks about another group of people that forsook him. And he says, may it not be charged against them. Do you know, I've learned this about people. I've watched this over the many years. That, that some people really want to do you harm. And then there are others that just don't know any better. And, and I'd almost guarantee it to you that there were people that joined up with Alexander the coppersmith that didn't have a clue what they were even doing. They just went along with him because he was shooting off his mouth against Paul. And it's interesting how Paul prays for each of these. He says, may the Lord repay Alexander the coppersmith according to his works and beware of him. But the people that didn't know any better, he says, may it not be charged against them. Well, remember Jesus from the cross. He said, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, there's some people out there, they're just trying to hurt you. And then there's others, they just don't know what they're doing. They don't know their right hand from their left. They're just going to go along with folk because it's the thing to do. It's human nature, you know. And it's interesting that how Paul prayed differently for the two kinds of people. But, but even so, he didn't let Alexander the coppersmith, he didn't let these other people that forsook him, he didn't let any of that. He didn't let Demas uh, uh, weary him to the point where he gave up and quit. He did not become weary in doing good. And he goes right on, and you can look right up at verse 3, 2 Timothy 4, 3. 2 Timothy 4, 3. I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. Out of the King James Version. I have fought 
a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now there's a man that I've got nothing but respect for. He went through all of that he went through. He went through all that stuff that would weary. Just one thing would weary most people out. He went through all of that. And he gets to the end of his life and he says, I have fought a good fight. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Remember? Remember that. But he says, I have fought a good fight. Did he finish his course? Do you know that a lot of Christians don't finish their course? You know why? Because they grow weary in doing good and they give up and quit and they faint and they stop. Did you hear me? There's a lot of Christians don't finish their course. Because, you know, walking with God isn't always easy. It's real easy to give up and quit. It's real easy to, 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 to throw in the towel. But we have to have a, a, a tenacity about us that we're not going to grow weary. We're going to keep the joy of the Lord. We're going to hold on to the grace of God. We're going to hold on to that standing power of God. And we're going to just keep getting up in the morning and rejoicing. This is the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Did you hear me? Let's say that together. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what's going on. That's the attitude we take. And we do not become weary in well-doing. And we don't faint. We don't give up and quit. And as a result, in the process of time, we'll reap, won't we? We'll reap, praise God. Remember, God, payday with God doesn't always come on Friday. It doesn't always come the end of the month. It doesn't always come after six months. It always doesn't come the end of the year, end of two years, three years. But eventually, if we'll be faithful, if we'll be faithful, we'll reap, won't we? Praise God. And Paul did just that. There was a crown of righteousness laid up for him. Amen. You know, some of it, I think we, too oft times, we get to looking at this side, this side. You know what I mean by this side? This side of heaven. And we get to looking for the reward, this side of heaven. Well, thank God for the reward this side of heaven. Thank God for whatever reward we get this side of heaven. The Bible talks about that we'll receive the blessing of God now in this time. But you know any blessing of God that we receive now in this time is temporary anyway. But I'm more excited about getting rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. How about you? Because those crowns of reward are eternal. Amen. And we're able to take them and worship Jesus with them. But the point is, is that eventually we'll reap if we faint not. Paul, he didn't faint. He didn't give up and quit. He finished his course. He didn't allow the, the course. It'll, you know, how many's ever gone running? You've gone running and you get weary after a while, don't you? You go out, you know, run jogging or whatever. But I tell you what, he just kept right on and he finished his course. He kept the faith and there was a crown of righteousness laid up for him. Not only for him, but for all who love the Lord's appearing. Amen. Praise God. And you know, I think Paul perhaps summed it up best in 2 Corinthians 4.8. Let's turn over there and we'll close. 2 Corinthians 4.8. Notice what he said here. 2 Corinthians 4.8. He said, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. 
We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Remember we talked about the Holy Ghost will never leave us nor forsake us. Struck down, but not destroyed. And will not become weary in well-doing. Continue to do that which is good. You know something else you can do. Think about this. When you get in those times of being weary. It's real easy when you get in those times of being weary. To lose sight of just what it is God wants you to do. And you know what I do when I get in those times. Because we all do. It happens to preachers too. It might happen to preachers more than it does people who aren't, aren't preachers. Because if you can get the preacher weary and get him to give up and quit, that would affect the whole church, wouldn't it? Do you ever think about that? But something I do is I go back and I, and I review the vision. I look at the vision that God gave us. You know what I mean by the vision? I'm not talking about I saw some vision or something. But just the plan for my life that God put in my heart years ago. You know, the Bible says he knows, uh, he's got plans. You know, he says, I know the plans that I have for you for good and not for evil. He's got a plan for each and every one of us. And in those times when you get weary, uh, what you need to do, what I do anyway, is I go back and I look at the plan God put in my heart years ago, the vision that he put in my heart, the the calling that he has on my life. And, And I meditate on that. The Bible says without a vision that people will perish. And the one way you can translate that word perish is, is to grow weary. And, and to get discouraged and to give up and quit and cast off restraint and just throw in the towel. So, so what you do is, is you go back and you look at that vision that God put in your heart for your life, for your family. You understand that? And hold on to that, re- review that and go over that. And I tell you what, in so doing, it'll charge you back up. And you get your second wind, if you will, and your third wind or fourth wind, whatever it is, and then you just go right on with God. Amen? And you just keep doing good. You just keep loving people. Yeah, but they're talking about me, Pastor. Just keep loving them. Yeah, but they're talking bad about you, Pastor. Just keep loving them. Amen. What did Jesus say? When somebody pops you on the one cheek, what do you do? What do you do? Turn to them the other also. You know why you do that? See, if you put the boxing gloves, you're in the fight yourself. But if you turn the other cheek, guess what? God deals with them. Did you hear me? I said, God deals with it. And you see, God won't deal with them in anger to start with. God wants everybody to be blessed. Do you understand that? But if people keep harassing you and bugging you and harassing you and bugging you, and all you're doing is walking in love toward them and, and, and turning the other cheek, eventually God will deal with them. And it won't be so pretty. Did you hear me? Do you understand that? But what do we do? We keep walking in love. We keep doing good. We keep helping people. We keep doing good. We keep helping people. We keep getting up in the morning and we say, oh, oh, we don't, we don't say, oh, another day. What are we going to do? We get up in the morning and what do we say? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. All right. Come on, ushers. Let's receive the tithes and offerings and...